Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and you're listening to this podcast, which is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. So first off, thank you for being here. If you haven't already subscribed to Inside Carolina, go ahead and do that wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube so you never miss any of the content our team at IC puts out. It hardly takes any time, and it helps us out a lot. Also, speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why on this podcast, I have to remind everybody about Jimmy's Famous Seafood. The reason they wanted to sponsor this podcast is simple. They're owned by UNC fans. With the pandemic and indoor dining restricted, it's currently a tough time to be a locally owned business. So it's helping out one of our own. And at the same time, you're getting ridiculously good seafood at a great price. It's a true win-win for everybody wondering. My go-to order is the famous gift box where you get two massive crab cakes, two different kinds of crab soup, and then a half pint of crab dip. Visit them online at jimmysfamousseafood.com. And at checkout, use the code hashtag GDTBATH for free two-day shipping. That's promo code hashtag GDTBATH. Joining me, as always, it's Carolina basketball legend Justin Jackson from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Justin, before we talk about UNC, NBA just came back from the All-Star break this weekend. You take on the Knicks. What was it like getting to see Reggie Bullock and Theo Pinson out there? It was good to see him, man. Um, Reggie played really well. Um, and obviously, Theo is Theo. Um, so it was good to, it was good to kind of catch up with, uh, you know, with my roommate my freshman year, man, and kind of talked to him a little bit. So it was good to see him. Since the last time we talked, Carolina beat Duke to close out the regular season. Then they blew out Notre Dame to start the ACC tournament. They beat a Virginia Tech team off a long rest, and then they finally lost in the ACC semifinals to a Florida State team. What were your biggest takeaways from watching Carolina in the ACC tournament? Um, I think the Notre Dame game um, – Notre Dame was just kind of, you know, underhanded when it came to um, size and um, the ability to stop them inside. Obviously, you saw like Walker Kessler, the numbers he put up and offensive reboundings, the crazy numbers they put up. Um, so they, I think they did exactly what they were supposed to do in that game. Um, Virginia Tech, they went out there, um, obviously a little tougher game, but they went out there and they um, – you know, I think did what they were supposed to do in that game. And then you go into the last game, and I think, you know, what's what's very, you know, not talked about is the fact that, like, conference tournaments, it's a game every single day, you know. And they, I mean, they probably haven't played a back-to-back, let alone three games in a row, you know, in a long time. And so going into that game against a Florida State team, which is a good team, um, you know, I felt like they showed some fight, right? Like, they showed um, – 
they really showed even when they were down, which is something that we've talked about all season is like early on in the season, when they got down, they stayed down, you know, like there wasn't ever really a run that made it seem like, okay, they might be able to come back or, but in that game, they really did fight and kept on pushing. Um, I think some of it in the Florida state game, kind of watching it, there was just some decision-making on the court that was at times kind of, um, you know, I think kind of hurt them. Uh, but like I said, I think overall, I think they played a good tournament. Um, obviously, you can clean up some things. And, you know, in a loss, there's obviously things you can figure out. OK, if we would have done this better, we could have won. But I think overall in the tournament, I think they played well. And I think they built some momentum to go into the tournament. Yeah, going off that Walker Kessler point, you know Roy better than a lot of people. Uh, Walker Kessler had 16, 12, and 8. If Walker Kessler, when he's getting taken out of the game, goes to Roy and say, hey, try to get two more blocks to get this triple-double, what do you think Roy would have said to him? There's no way. Um, for one, there's no way that there's a – there's no player, I don't think, that would actually be bold enough to go and tell Coach, hey, I need two more whatever stats to get this. I don't think any player would do that. But also, I think Coach would look at him and be like, you know, well, son – you know, I think we're going to go ahead and go sit down. You know, like I don't think that would ever – I don't think that would ever fly, so I'm glad he didn't do that. Yeah, but going off the takeaways, my biggest point was that I saw a more consistent team for Carolina where at times this year I've kind of been hit or miss on this North Carolina team, but the team I saw in the ACC tournament looked a lot better and a lot more consistent where in the ACC tournament they shoot 36.5% from three compared to 39 30.9% in the regular season. Also in the ACC tournament, they averaged 11.3 turnovers, 20 a game over the last four regular season games. Did you see anything different from Carolina that led to better play? Or do you think it was more that winner go home mindset that a tournament brings out? Um, To be honest, they just kind of looked more comfortable in themselves. You know what I mean? Like, obviously I think in the numbers show that like shooting is all about rhythm and being comfortable when you go into a shot, right? Like, we saw Caleb Caleb knock down quite a few threes in the ACC tournament. Um, RJ shot the ball really well. Um, and obviously, Kerwin, he's been shooting the ball well all season, but he shot the ball well. And it's like you kind of see them just kind of getting comfortable in, you know, within the offense, you know. And so I think um, that's kind of what comes with those numbers um, as far as turnovers being lower and shooting percentage being higher. But also at the same time, like, the ACC tournament is totally different, you know, within the ACC conference play, like if you lose a game, it's not necessarily the end of the world, you know, but like if you lose a game in the conference, in the tournament, like you're out, you know, so you do kind of have some more pressure that is kind of put on you and some urgency that you have to play with. So I think it's kind of a combination of both. Yeah. I think the shooting was definitely encouraging to see guys like Caleb Love and RJ Davis step up because you know at this point what you're going to get with a guy like Kerwin Walton and I think he was third in three-point percentage behind those other two freshmen so if Carolina could get that production in the NCAA tournament out of the backcourt shooting wise it's got to figure to be good for Carolina and one point that I wanted to make sure I asked you was Carolina was up late against Florida State and then the offense kind of stuttered late how does Carolina balance running traditional set plays and then running more of a freelance type offense? I think that the problem with um, like conference play and then obviously the conference tournament is like these teams have seen you run your plays 
like over and over again. You know, like they've had two games to scout against you in the regular season. And then you go into a conference play and they play you again and they're going over the same exact scout, the same, same plays. So I think a lot of times like what has to end up happening is you go into a more freelance offense. And I think, you know, within play, within the game, you want to run your plays that you run secondary, all those plays that coach has put in. But then whenever it gets to crunch time, like then it's like, okay, you know what? Like we just need a bucket. Like it doesn't matter how we get it. doesn't matter what play we run. Like we just need to get a bucket. And so then that's whenever it goes into freelance and then you find guys that are playing well that game, or you find guys that, you know, okay, you know, let's get somebody open to get some sort of shot or let's get something to get, you know, to drop it off to Armando down low or whatever. Um, and, but I think honestly, it kind of goes like the team is really young still, you know, like the team hasn't really been through that transition of like, okay, you know what, like these guys are really sitting on all of our secondary breaks and all the plays that we're running, like they're just, you know, they're clogging it all up. So like, let's get into some sort of freelance to get somebody open. And I think, you know, I think they did a, a good job of offensively, like making plays and getting people involved. But I think it is kind of just getting to that point and they're going to need in the tournament too. Cause I mean, the, these teams have, you know, a week to scout against them or whatever. And so you just have to be ready to, okay, you know what? Like Armando's dominating down low. Let's get him a touchdown low, you know, like, and it just kind of, it's kind of a balance, you know, but it's, it's tough because they are, they're, they're still very young and the point guards are, you know, pretty much both freshmen. You had mentioned that Carolina was playing its third game in three days while Florida state was coming off a, a very rare triple by how real are tournament legs and fatigue when it comes to tournament play? Um, it's big. Um, I think like all the years I was there, we always had, um, basically the double by, um, and so we never had to experience. So even then it's like, you still have to win three games in three days, you know, let alone playing from the first day, you got to win five games in five days. You know, that's, that's actually crazy. Um, so it is a real thing. It's very real. And, um, you know, it's one of those things you can't really prepare for. Like you can't get your body ready to play that many games, that much time, like in that little of, you know, days. So, like I said before, they've ne they have they've never played a back to back, right? Like the closest they got to that was back in high school, probably like an AAU, and those games are nothing like a college basketball game. And so it's like, you know, going through that and then getting to that third game against a very good Florida State team. I think, you know, that very easily could have been a problem was fatigue, but you know, it's one of those things where you just got to push through it because that's kind of the cards you're dealt. Also in that ACC semifinal, I never go into a game expecting a great performance from referees, but that game, it was, it was downright awful as a team. When things are out of your control and they're not going your way, how do you kind of keep your composure to make sure the game doesn't spiral away from you? I mean, I think that's where the closeness of the team comes in at. Um, and we talked about it before, but kind of those leaders um, that no matter what are able to keep the team together um, have to step in, you know, and, so I think that's that's where those come into play, whether it's Garrison, whether it's Leakey, whether it's even like a play tech who's who's still a senior, um, you know, or even if it is a freshman, if it is a Caleb Love or an RJ or De'Ron or whatever, like, you know, it's like those guys have to step up and be like, OK, you know what, like the refs aren't here with us today and this isn't going our way. But 
we know who we are and we know that we're doing this for each other. So let's go out there and let's play for each other and let's do everything we can to try to win. So, you know, hopefully that they've, you know, hopefully they've kind of found, found those guys who can step in during that time. Cause referees, you can't trust referees, man. You know, you just can't, um, they're humans just like we are. And they're having to watch a game that goes extremely fast, you know? So it's like, um, you definitely cannot just hope that referees are going to be on your side or are going to be great that game. You just got to go out there and play for each other and try to do everything you can personally to, to try to win the game. I forgot who said the quote from a coach that I, I talked with, and they, they said something like, 99% of refs are good. I just happen to get the 1% every time. I think that's everybody's mindset, honestly. That's literally everybody's mindset. So that's a great statement, but I think everybody deals with that 1%. So with the with the ACC tournament behind us, next up came one of my favorite sports days, Selection Sunday. When you were at Carolina, what was a typical Selection Sunday like when you're all together anxiously waiting to see where you'll be and who you'll be playing? Uh, it was always, it was always extremely exciting. Um, it was, it was a experience that like, you know, it doesn't seem that big, honestly, cause it's like, okay, they're just picking teams to go into certain brackets, but like for you personally to be a part of that, it's kind of something that, you know, you've, you didn't really know about, but like you've been waiting for your whole life, you know, like, okay, this is, this is what we know. Like this, we always wanted to play in the NCAA tournament, you know? And so being with everybody, uh, being it, you know, it's always over at coach's house every Sunday, every selection Sunday. So being over there and enjoying that time together was always something really special. Yeah, I always love the the live camera look-ins on selection Sunday when when the teams are going crazy. But when you do get to the NCAA tournament, is there anything different about practices or how you go about preparing for a game? Um, it's different because you've never seen those teams before, you know, so like you know, you, most of the time, you know, like if you're going against Virginia within the season, you know how their defense is, you know, the offense that they run, you know, kind of the whole schemes that they do, you know, but like you're going against a team that you've never seen, you never played against, you know, they've got totally different players than you've played against all year. The style of play that they play is way, way different than, you know, how the teams play in ACC. So, you know, it's one of those things where, you really have to lock in a little bit more on personnel and kind of the plays that they run. And, you know, and thankfully like UNC has a great, all three years I was there and even, you know, years before that and years after like the scout, like the, the, the walk-ons and everybody that runs the scout to get the team ready for the games um, have always been really good. So like, that's where they come into play. Um, and so it's just really just trying to lock in and, you know, try to be ready for a brand new opponent. This is a team without a ton of tournament experience outside a player like Garrison Brooks. When you first went to the tournament your freshman year, what was that experience like? It was crazy. I mean, and it's, it's going to be different with them being in the bubble. You know, I think that's another thing that's, you know, going to be a little bit different. But um, it's one of those things where, like, you can't, you know, the game of basketball is really simple. But, like, when you get to the tournament, having that feeling of like win and move on or lose and go home. Like it's a totally different feeling than any other game of basketball that you've played. And so, um, you know, I think that's where kind of what we talked about, like them coming out from the jump has to be a real thing, you know, because it's not one of those things where it's like, 
you know, if we lose this game, it's like, all right, we're just going to regroup and, you know, come back next game. Like, no, it's, it's over with, you know? So coming out with that sense of urgency from the jump is going to be really key for them. You are one of the most successful players in Carolina postseason history. You have a, a 13 and two record, which is a 87 win percentage. It ties uh, Ty Lawson and Wayne Ellington for the best tournament win percentage in Carolina history. What's the best advice you could give to this Carolina team as they get this tournament started? I say for one, enjoy it. Um, you know, not many players, not many people are able to experience the NCAA tournament. Um, so definitely enjoy it and have fun with the whole experience. Um, and secondly, take it very serious, right? Like, I mean, honestly, tournaments, the, the NCAA tournament was one of the funnest and one of the most intense experiences that you'll have in basketball. You know, like I said, going back to it's a win and move on or lose and go home, you know, and something as small as seeing coach right up there, 32 teams or right up there, 16 teams, like, that really gets you excited and gets you motivated, you know? So take it and enjoy it. Um, but when it's time to go play, that's all that matters. You know, like your individual stats doesn't matter. Um, like what, you know, what you feel like should be going on doesn't matter. Like the whole goal is just to go out there and win. And, um, you know, if they can do that, I think they could, I think they could definitely surprise a lot of people. Carolina plays Wisconsin on Friday, one of only two teams that ever knocked you out of the NCAA tournament. Stylistically, these are two teams on complete opposite ends of the tempo and the pace spectrum. How much does it help that Carolina does have experience against a team like Virginia who plays a similar way to a team like Wisconsin and maybe even does it a little better than Wisconsin tries to do? Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely helps as far as like being able to change play style. I think at the same time, like Virginia, in my personal opinion, is totally it's like an outlier. You know, the way they play defense to slow down the game offensively, they play really, really slow. Um, so I think even against like a Wisconsin team who tries to slow the tempo and uh, tries to slow the game down and, and reduce the amount of possessions, I think they can still Carolina can still play their same way as far as trying to get out in transition as much as possible, offensively pushing the pace um, and defensively, you know, trying to get into passing lanes. I think going against a team that, um, you know, doesn't necessarily play the same style of defense as Virginia does, but still wants to slow it down. You can still take advantage of times in transition and things like that. So I think for them, it's going out there and still playing their same style. Right. Like at times you're still going to you're going to have to kind of change up and you're going to have to score in the half court by grinding out the shot clock and stuff like that. But still trying to play the same style of play, whether that's getting out of transition, pushing the pace, pounding it inside, trying to play the same way you've played all year. And, you know, I think that's where, the, where they'll have the, the most success. These two teams, like I mentioned, couldn't be further apart where additionally, Wisconsin starts four seniors and they have two more in its eight-man rotation. We know how much experience helps in tournaments, but what do you think Carolina can do to try to counter that advantage with its young team? You know, I think it's just a matter of using their, using their energy, honestly. Like, I mean, it's, it's tough um, because experience is a real thing when it comes to a tournament. You know, like just a matter of just being in a tournament game before you go into the next one feeling more comfortable. 
Um, but at the same time, like these guys have, I mean, not many guys have played in the tournament on the team. So it's like, they're kind of going out there like a fresh new scene. Like, and so I think for them, it's going out there and just going a hundred percent, right. Like, and just going out there and just trying to do everything that they can to try to win. And, you know, if they can do that, I think they'll kind of negate some of the age. I think skill sets are obviously different um, from team, from the Wisconsin team to our team. And so, like I said, just going out there and playing how they play um, and not trying to change up. I think whenever you start trying to change up and trying to do different things than you have been doing all year, that's when you can get into some trouble. So I think it's just going out there and playing how Carolina plays. Um, and I think they'll be fine. Yeah, despite the age, Carolina should have a major advantage with its front court. Carolina is the number one rebounding margin and the number one offensive rebounding percentage team in the country, whereas Wisconsin is 240th with actually a negative rebounding margin. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on when this game tips off. And I've seen the fans for Carolina kind of making the mistake already of looking ahead in the bracket to a potential Baylor matchup. But let's say Carolina does win on Friday. What is that first weekend turnaround like where you then do have to prepare for another team in a short time frame? I mean, once again, it's, it's, it's totally different than what they've experienced because like against that Wisconsin team, you have this whole week to prepare, you know, like you have this whole week to go over their scout, to go over personnel, go over their plays, but then you have to quickly turn around and scout a whole new team that you haven't seen all year again, you know, unless you've watched, you know, their games on TV or whatever. And, and so I think that's where kind of, you know, just being locked in to, you know, whenever the coaches are telling you what this person does or what this team likes to do, like the sense of urgency with that has to go up a whole new level than what it has all season, you know, um, let alone against, you know, like you said, we're not going to look forward, but let alone against a very, very good Baylor team, you know, so you have to be really, really locked in to, um, you know, what needs to be done within that next game. So, you know, like you said, we'll, we'll take Wisconsin first, but they their their mentality has to be, okay, whatever we have to do, whether it's, okay, against Wisconsin, we got to try to figure out how to go against a slower pace. Okay, we beat them. Now, what does Baylor do? You know, like it's just it's a, it's a day-to-day mindset that they have to be in um, to, to try to make it to the tournament. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that Carolina played its way into the 8-9 matchup where this year it feels like there's as big a gap as ever before between the one line and the next line. So in a way, Carolina kind of hurt itself playing so well in the ACC tournament where if they do beat Wisconsin, they get a Baylor team in the second round. But first, Carolina, like we mentioned, has to get past Wisconsin where Roy Williams enters 29-0 in first-round matchups. And this is the third time Roy enters the NCAA tournament as an eight seed. He won in 2000 at Kansas against number nine DePaul. And in 2013, his Tar Heels beat number nine Villanova. Tip off on Friday against the Badgers at 7.10 p.m. Eastern. We'll see if the streak lives on. Justin, thanks for the time today as always. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.